Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are talking about the Meg 2 and the last voyage of the Demeter. That's right. We have a double header coming for you today, a double feature, if you will, um, but in a little bit of a different format, as we'll get to later, I'm sure. We're going to go ahead and get this thing going. Hey, everyone. This is Dylan. And I'm Michael. That's right. Uh, we saw two movies this week. Well, we did. Kind, well, we did. Co- collectively, we saw yeah. two movies. You saw one and I saw one. And we're going to sort of play with the format here. Like, I think we did this. I forget what movie it was where you weren't able to see it. Yeah. Relatively. I forget what movie it was. Um, but we did the review that way. And that worked out pretty well. So we're going to do we're going to give you a double feature this week because we're going to we, review we, at each other. Yes, that's right. And I am I have very hard hitting questions for uh, Dylan about the Meg, too. Oh, OK. I'm here. I'm here. For yeah. It. Hard hitting. I don't. OK. I don't. But before we get to that, Dylan, we got to hear about the news. Okay, so it's another, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, another light news week, week. I'm guessing another yeah. strike week. So we got some like basically all industry news because um, yeah. those are the only people who could talk about things right now. Um, but there's some there's a couple juicy ones. So Ooh. we got some good ones to get to. First one is on the comic side. Um, it's been. Like, you know, kind of the worst kept secret that Marvel is investing more in X-Men and moving more away from Avengers a little bit, at least in like, um, you know, in the landscape of the comics. Uh, yes. I feel like X-Men have had more more of a focus since Hickman took over a little bit, you know? Sure. Um, And now that they have the movie rights and they're amping up with the the first MCU X-Men show is coming out maybe end of this year, maybe next year, uh, X-Men 97. And then obviously Deadpool three, which is their first, uh, you know, X-Men property movie. And it's going to be, it's going to be their central focus in the MCU. It seems like too, at some point, you know, at least down the road. Um, Definitely. So they're trying to, I think they see the comic fans as the like little test audience, you know, the people that you prime to like set a new status quo before they do it in the movies. So what they're doing is they're moving. Um, his name is Tom Brevort Brevort. Uh, he is the, um, he's been like, this says the guiding hand behind Marvel comics, Avengers books. So he's like the editor of all the Avengers titles. Okay. Um, there's him. And then there's Jordan white, who is the editor of all the X-Men titles. So he's been doing it at Avengers for 25 years now. So any any wow. modern Avengers title that you like, like the Jason Aaron, the, the Hickman stuff, yeah, he was like he's the like, architect of all this stuff, or like the showrunner, kind of exactly, yeah. Which wow. he's also the architect of a bunch of things people don't like, um, but you know that's just gonna happen when you're yeah overseeing the same comic titles for twenty five years, you know. Um, yeah. But he's jumping ship from Avengers to the X Men, the other powerhouse line of books. Um, he wrote on his Substack. Uh, quote um he's talking about a conversation he's having with the marvel entertainment president dan buckley who oversees everything marvel um he said he told me he was going to ask me to do something that i wasn't uh going to want to do and then proceeded through a combination of need flattery genuine admiration duty and responsibility to get me to agree to take on the specific mission that he was hoping to entice me into so on august 1st 2023 was a day that it all changed, blah, blah, blah. He's talking about how, you know, he was asked to go over to the X-Men. Um, yeah. I feel like that's a really, like, weird foot to start off on. Like, I don't want to do this. Uh, 
but yeah, here I am. Um, oh, interesting. Okay, it seems a little like pompous, almost like I'm so good that uh-huh. like I'm have to go fix this ship, you know? Right. Oh, let, um, let me have a crack at it. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, I don't know. It's not going to happen for a long time. He says, uh, this isn't going to happen for a good long while yet. I still got a ton of stuff cooking in Avengers, including next year's big crossover event series. It needs to be seen to completion. So maybe, maybe like next year this will happen, but um, they're moving their big, like powerhouse editor to X-Men basically is what the news is. (laughs) Long story short. Um, Mm. I don't know what's going to happen with Jordan White. Um, I wonder if they'll move him somewhere or if he's just going to like be fired or like, who knows? I mean, I sure, I, I assume he would go somewhere else. You don't put that, that kind of time in to just get dumped off to the side, right? Like, I would have said that before it was Disney, but now I have like no idea, you know? That uh, is true. I don't think they really care. Um, <laughs> I have mixed feelings about this. I'm glad that they're prioritizing the X Men, um, but maybe like, I would have maybe preferred a fresh take. You know, it's yeah. it feels a little bit like asking Joss Whedon to do uh, Justice League. You know, it's like, yeah, sure. Like, that makes sense, I guess, you know, but it's a little, it's a little like boring to me. Yeah, I get that. Hmm. But they're different characters, so maybe he'll have something new to say. I don't know. Time will tell, um, I guess. More Disney news. Disney. This one's like this one's like a slight update. It's from The Hollywood Reporter. Um, they're talking about the potential of Disney selling to Apple, which is something that's been talked about for a really long time. Okay. They're not even sure if like federally they'd be able to do that. <laughs> but okay. um like insiders are saying that it's something Bob Iger is interested in and that he's would, considering. Would, would you say the Diz insiders are saying this, Dylan? Sorry, not the Diz insiders this time. Okay. No. Those are the separate entity. They know okay. all. Okay. I see. They can see the future too. We're not talking I, about that. Retra- I retract my snark. Thank you. We're talking about Diz. <laughs> Diz employees. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Disemployed. Yeah. It says, though the notion of a, insane, a massive, insanely profitable studio like Disney selling off his assets may seem unbelievable. Analysts feel that Iger could now be contemplating a once unthinkable option and that they wouldn't be surprised if a deal went through within the next three years. So wow. what they're thinking is um, they wouldn't be able to legally sell just because like That's monopoly crazy. reasons a studio to apple because they're like both huge yeah conglomerates you know it says apple is worth 62 billion right now and that is a 2.8 trillion in market cap um so what, what what they think would happen is they they would sell their ip to um to apple like their 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 properties and sure, then, sure, um, sure. like things like abc they wouldn't be able to include in that package or um, like CNN stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't remember yeah, I if CNN it. is part of it, but they they have so many like outlets that they would be able to sell off, which it seems like is what Bob, Bob Iger wants to do. So they're thinking that means he's priming it for a sale to Apple, um, because then it would be like way more possible if it's just like their treasure trove of IP, which is like really the gem of the studio. I feel like you know. Yeah, um, for sure. Wow, that's. That is kind of a crazy deal. I hope so. I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I hope not because that's definitely, well, not definitely. That's very unlikely to be good for the industry. I feel like. Yeah, I don't I th- know. It... I, I mean, 
and I guess to elaborate on why I think that's a bad idea and like I just creatively I feel like if all if Apple continues to prol- proliferate it's kind of like Disney already proliferating and buying up Marvel Star Wars and you know every other little IP the quality in some of those things dip as only one entity is making them just purely from a consumer standpoint I feel like the more entities you have making the more different properties, the better it is. So, yeah. And it's hard because I think people may be hyper fixate on things like Marvel working out so well, because well, at least uh, movie wise, because like there are like success stories because they have like, suddenly these people have like endless resources to make what they want, you know, and someone like Kevin Feige can like pull it off. But I think there's a lot of like, unsuccessful stories too that people you don't think about those you know um, oh. it says an industry veteran said there will end up being three or four platforms and everyone else is will be hollowed out um and acquired he said there will be apple amazon netflix and maybe one other um if you could put nbc universal warner and paramount together they probably would have a chance to survive um so that's why it seems like people oh. are like kind of scrambling to combine because there's like because they see the writing on know. the wall of the streaming landscape of yeah. where we're all we're already there anyway with being tired of the amount of subs that we have and it is not actually the initial appeal of streaming was that it's cheaper than cable yeah it's just and, not sustainable to have a million like this right now do you think this will affect this might be this is a bigger question but will it, will this affect um the 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 streaming wars will it affect like your smaller niche ones like shutter which is like a seven dollar a month thing that is just like purely for horror you think those people will be affected or more of like the big like everything type streamers i think it will affect more the streamers that have desirable ip like um amazon buying mgm because they wanted a bond and sure i don't know what other property that so i think if they own something like valuable like that it's more likely so so shutter's good to go then i think i think shutter's fine yeah screenbox has terrifier and you know they all want terrifier they do yeah that's that's like you know mickey mouse it's the house the art built (laughs) yes or something you never know all it takes is a whim for them to be like i want shutter you know and then right we don't have enough horror content exactly yeah well, why would we make it? We just get shutter, you know, like right. it could happen. <laughs> I'm trying to think of where that's happened before. I know it has. I'm sure it has. I mean, it's kind of happened already with 20th Century Fox, who used to make like really prestige like Oscar films. And then Disney's like, we need Oscar films, you know, and that's kind of where they make their dramas now, you know, but it's like not the same as it used to be. So it could be something like that. I don't know. Hmm. Um. Okay. I have one more. <laughs> piece of annoying news um mm, great we covered last week we talked about wonder woman 3 yes. and how gal Gadot set us back on you know um initially okay the, the the timeline is initially gun said oh well i've met with gal but um like you know we'll see what happens kind of you know he's very active on twitter gives us constant updates right. and then last week gal Gadot said um i'll read it she said uh, I was inviting invited to a meeting with James Gunn and Peter Safran. They're the leads of uh, DC. Yes. Um, and what they told me, and I'm quoting, "You're in the best hands. We're going to help, we're going to develop Wonder Woman through with you. We love you as Wonder Woman. You've got nothing to worry about. So time will tell." Um, 
but now so she did that i think like she kind of went rogue and told people that um and now variety is reporting and just as a reminder whenever like the big trades like variety the hollywood reporter deadline whenever they report something with sources it's the studios giving them a story to put out generally you know like if there's like jennifer garner's in deadpool 3 from deadline it's because disney studio told told them them that yeah exactly because she'll be on set the next day and they're like here's a story um right uh so variety said that uh, wonder woman is not moving forward at, at all um they said that they did have a meeting with her but that they made no such promises to to her at all and that she's basically just like making it all up okay um wow said, yeah they said there were there were never any definitive discussions with good oats wonder woman continuing continuing in the new dc universe so now wonder woman 3 is not happening i know we just told you last week that it was um, wow i think what a that the, what a roller coaster i think this is like i'm gonna like make a whole narrative that's probably not true but i feel like this is james gunn being a bad leader a little bit and that he like seems to just tell people what they want to hear um with maybe yes. no intent of actually doing it you know um it's hard because i really like his movies but i'm not it's like a whole different beast like leading a studio you know so if you have gal gadot in front right in front of you being like are you gonna fire me and he's like oh no like we'll see you know like maybe not <laughs> um or i'm gonna make wonder woman 3 just, just i'll get back to you about that you know um right. he sh- i he should have been like i'm sorry like i'm rebooting my university and i don't really think you like fit in it you know in like a nicer way right wow this is a giant mess all of this uh um, he said she said now and i, I choose to believe her and i don't think she would make that and up. it's all over on twitter too I, I don't know like it's all it's very messy i think if he truly didn't say that because he's always mouthing off on twitter i think he would have been like hey i didn't say that you know like on, yeah of course in in response to her you know but he's been dead silent about this he hasn't said anything <laughs> just I mean, the variety that means he said it. I maybe she's exaggerating a little bit. It's possible, but I don't. I refuse to believe that she would just like completely fabricate that. That would seem. It just seems wild, you know. Um, of course. I. This is why I think he should have fully reset the universe and not kept like his wife and his friends around. I know it's just a big. It's, you, it's become a big mess now. Then you could like fully without any guilt be like I'm everyone's being refreshed i'm sorry we're gonna have a new one right you know like and then we know hard feelings you know but right. now that you're like oh zachary levi maybe you'll stick around i don't know like oh we're gonna do peacemaker season two and like amelia hartcourt's gonna be in everything which by the way she's being resurrected in the comics brought back to life his, <laughs> his wife's character i think that's pretty funny i mean who's shocked wonder how that happened he went on twitter to say he didn't decide that uh yeah i'm, I'm sure i'm sure um, he didn't but everyone's been like clamoring for amelia harcourt uh titles you know so it, it just makes sense michael yeah I, you know the, a, a day does not go by dylan where someone comes into the store and and asks for movies with amelia harcourt in them i know we get it every day um right i don't even sell movies people, people yeah. come in they just demand it exactly yeah. demand, it's out there in the streets and they want weasel stuff too oh yeah well it's weasel i mean i mean he's a perennial comic character yeah 
I just bought the Weasel Omnibus that they put out. That was pretty surprising that they did that. Uh, was it the $300 or the limited $500 edition? It was the direct market exclusive $500 oh. edition. Yeah. yeah, wow. And wow, I have wow, wow. the Amelia Harcourt complete collection on pre-order. So Incredible. Um, that's what's exciting. Yeah. On real to real. I'm excited for Creature Commandos very much. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but, okay. I don't know what else to say about this. Uh, I'm hoping things clean up soon. I don't Same. Know. Yikes. We love you, DC. Oh, Blue <laughs> yeah. Beetles this week. Maybe that'll be good. That, that wasn't made by them, you know? Uh, I mean, we'll see. Uh, we're we're I, seeing it uh, as a big group. Yeah, I have no idea what to expect, but come see it with us. Oh, this comes out That's on right. Wednesday, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you, we're going tomorrow. Um, Edwards Marquis, 840 p.m. 840. Row I or around there. Most of the row is taken. So like, if you sit in front or behind us, that's cool, too. Like, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, we're just going to that showtime, and it's like open invite to customers and everything. So yeah, super It'll cool, be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Like yeah, you, what what I lack in Blue Beetle excitement is made up for in the customer group watch. Right, the engage, yeah, yeah, the engagement, getting getting to hang out with customers is way cooler. Or exactly. I don't want to say way cooler than Blue Beetle, but I mean we'll see, we'll find out together, won't we? We will. All right, well, that's all um, I got for news. Well, let's hear about that live sale. I bet you didn't know that we host a weekly live streaming comic sale. Dust off your old Facebook account or borrow your grandma's login. Join us every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Central. Bedrock City is the only verified blue check comic store on Facebook, meaning we're better than everyone else. It also means that we're trusted to bring you brand new quality key issues, comic bundles, variants, and more every week at super affordable prices. Even if you've already spent all your money on Fortnite skins like me, you can still join just to hang out and chat comics with Kevin Austin and me. For all the details not covered here, or if your auditory processing disorder didn't allow you to comprehend anything I just said, head over to bedrockcity.com live to read all the details. Hashtag ad. And we are back. And before we hear my news, we're going to make sure we get to our picks of the week. I'm going to go first. I'm picking a graphic novel. I'm picking... From Titan Comics, Dylan. From Titan okay. Comics. In Search of Gil Scott Heron, uh, the godfather of rap. This is a, a autobiographical, or not autobiographical, a biographical um, graphic novel. It looks really, really cool. Okay. Yeah. M- mine is the next big uh, Marvel launch, Uncanny Avengers number one. It ties into Fall of X, or continues after the Hellfire Gala, written by Jonathan Hickman. Gary Dugan and art by Javier Garon. Other than Fortnite Hickman, he's back. He never leaves. I know he's always around. Fortnite yeah. never leaves. All right. Um, getting into my news here, Dylan. Do you remember? I'm sure you've seen all this already, but you remember we leading up to that Lord of the Rings magic set. We were all talking about there's that one of one Lord of the Rings card that yes. there was a huge bounty on. And last yeah. we knew, the bounty was a million dollars from Dave and Adams with the the card store. Well, the one ring was found in Toronto, Canada, Dylan. Mm-hmm. Did you see I know this? Where you're going with this? Yes. Yeah. Well, it was purchased by one Posty Malone for two million dollars. That's remarkable. That's crazy. Uh, I mean, of all the people to buy it, I mean, I sort of, I feel like I knew this was going to end up with Post Malone. I yeah. feel like it had to like, he's the only one with just like buffoonery money. You know what I mean? Like whatever any store offered post would double. 
So yeah, it's crazy. Like I don't, I've been seeing all the TikToks about it. Like this guy in Canada found it, um, took it to a, he like got, immediately got a lawyer. Like, what do you do in that instance, Dylan? Do you? That's the right call. Good for yeah, him. yeah. He went to a lawyer and got a, like, and this is just like a not a rich guy already. He's just a magic player, just some guy, you know. Yeah. And he's like, I've never been to a lawyer before. I had to get like, well, I have a, I now have a wealth management guy. And, you know, it's really interesting. It's a, it's really interesting video talking about, uh, well, um, the, 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 the fact that Post Malone paid $2 million for a magic card is crazy. However, the more interesting part about it is I'm following this guy on TikTok now and he's going through this journey of like suddenly having money and what it's like uh, and how to not like advice that he has for people who suddenly find themselves with money and like what not to do. It's very interesting because it's, it's not where I expected this story to go. Yeah. I saw he said he wants to still live modestly, even yeah. though he's got money now, which is, right. that's cool Good for him. Well, you know? Cause he's like, I'm not going to buy a house because I'm just going to, that's going to blow half of my money. And what if I need to fix the house? And then I'm just right where I was. Um, So I mean, it's, it, I mean, not quite, but you have to buy a million dollar home, but okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah. Anyway, so there you go. $2 million, Dylan. Do you have any, any, uh, any thoughts? Yes, it's stupid. Um, I, I don't know. Like you know, like deep down, rich people are like terrible, but like you don't want to believe it's like Post Malone, you know. But like right. spending two million dollars on a card is just like a, such when a that when that could disgusting have disgusting like, display of wealth. Like when that could have done. I mean, it did a lot of good for this one guy, right? Like, sure, but there's people like I don't. I don't know. Like I hate no, no, that no, no, argument. No. Uh, I know like, people you. on fire in Hawaii. Like it's right. kind of gross. You know what right. I mean? Oh, no, ab- absolutely. However, what this does mean is this does incentive now that it's been found, fa- it was found, right? Because the biggest, the worst thing that could have happened for wizards is if nobody found wizards, the company that makes magic, the worst thing that could have happened is if nobody found it. And yeah. it was just like, or it was like wrapped up as a Christmas present and it didn't get found till Christmas or something like that. It'd have been horrible. Yeah. Um, but now someone found it within the month, you know, and that's, that's licensed to do it again. Now, they, I can, I think they can't do this gimmick that often, but they will definitely yeah. do this again. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's so there's that. That's kind of. I don't uh, know. How do they make money off of this for other than just they, like they don't people well, to go buy it like a lottery? Well, that's what that's what happened. We got people buying magic cards who don't normally buy magic cards. Yeah. But they're but they're buying forty dollar packs. You know what I mean? The the that they because the, the rare card only comes in the collector booster, which is forty dollars for that set. So maybe they can institute some kind of like buyback program. Like, right? If you find this, we'll immediately give you like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. You know, something like that. Maybe, man. I don't know. But uh, anyway, we'll see. Um, got some home video news. Um, Hellraiser is coming to 4k which i know they don't cover just like every you know 4k release or whatever but this is neat because it's going to be a uh well it's the hellraiser quartet of torment so it's gonna be the first four hellraiser movies which only the first two are worth your time anyway but whatever not true but but what's exciting is that it's a new it's an actual new restoration um from the original camera negatives which normally 4k releases are not that it is just an upscaling of existing material 
So there's a little trailer. I didn't make Dylan watch the little trailer, but there's a little trailer showcasing the the 4K ness. Super good, and they redid all the audio too. Um, so if you're an audio person, it does have ultra. I'm sorry, it has original lossless stereo DTS HD MA 5.1 for all four movies, um, which is very exciting. Plus, the, obviously, the new 4K restorations for all four movies, which is wild. That's pretty cool. Yeah, who, I mean, why are we doing it for Hellraiser Bloodline? But you know what? Good for them. Um, I mean, if you're in also, there, might as well Hellraiser do it. Eight Hellworld is very good, Michael. Like, Dylan, I take issue with your statement. Wow. I I stopped after three, so I've actually never even seen Bloodline. So I don't know why I'm hating on it, but um Amazing. okay. Um not not gonna get into the review portion yet, but um the last voyage of the Demeter, um, as we could have probably guessed, was always doomed um to not do very well um box office wise, especially right now, uh, battling Barbie, which is like a juggernaut. Um yeah. so it uh it has sunk at the box office with a six and a half million dollar debut. Um, but it only had a seven million dollar budget, so you know, there's that. <laughs> so that's uh, that's rough. Hopefully, it becomes profitable. I don't know. I mean, they they they'll get that last little bit, but yikes, unfortunate. Um, I I mean, my theater was, I want to say a third full. It was decently sized. Um, okay, but there's that anyway. Um, how well I'll get to it with the Meg. We'll talk about it when you get to the Meg. Um, but what your population was like. Um, there is an older UK film company uh called Amicus Production. Uh productions, excuse me, plural. They did a lot of the classic UK uh, horror movies like The House That Dripped Blood. We're talking about 60s and 70s. House that dripped blood, Scream and Scream Again, Vault of Horror, Tales from the Crypt, things along those lines. Um, and very well regarded, but they just stopped making movies for a very long time, but they're coming back. Um, the press release informs us that after decades in the shadows, the legendary Amicus Productions is set for a grand revival. Thanks to the team at Hex Studios, their upcoming film, uh, in the grip of terror seeks to honor the studios, the classic studios legacy while forging a new chapter in British horror. Um, so it's going to be a new movie drawing inspiration from classic films like Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, Tales from the Crypt and Asylum. Uh, this new movie will feature, uh, will spotlight uh, four tales rooted in the works of revered authors such as H.P. Lovecraft, Ambrose Bierce and E.F. Benson, uh, which is super exciting. Um, I like it. Sounds so, so it sounds like it's going to be uh, cosmic psychological type horror um, and they released a little teaser poster for it that I'm sending to Dylan that just really hits the vibe that, that you'll, you'll want out of something like this. It looks real vintage and it looks really neat. So I don't know any, who knows about actual quality, who knows, but they got me on vibes. Okay. They got me on vibes. Dylan, you're on mute, but they got a good graphic designer. Is what I they said. do. Yeah. It looks real good. Like and if they're willing to invest in that. Like the other stuff, you know, you never know. Exactly. Um, wrapping it up, I have two trailers to talk about here. So we got a kind of an interesting one from from Netflix. Pablo, mm, I don't know how to say the last name. Pa- Pablo Larian. If you got me on that one, Dylan, I don't know. Uh, that's, Let me see. I'm pulling it up. I just sent it. Um, anyway, he's got a new movie called El Conde, which is Spanish for The Count. 
Um, as you may recall, a mysterious Netflix movie uh, earlier in the year uh, was titled The Count. It was rated R for, quote, very strong violence and gore and graphic nudity. We know now that it is Pablo Larian, um, officially titled El Conde, coming to Netflix September 15th, 2023. It's in black and white. It's a dark comedy slash horror that imagines a parallel universe inspired by the recent history of Chile. Uh, the film portrays Augusto uh, Pinochet, a symbol of world fascism as a vampire who lives in a hidden ruined mansion in the southern, cold southern tip of the continent. Feeding his appetite for evil to sustain his existence after 250 years of life, Pinochet has decided to stop drinking blood and abandon the privilege of eternal life. He can no longer bear that the world remembers him as a thief. And the trailer is very weird. What did you think about it, Dylan? I love the trailer. I thought it looked really good. I did it too. Was funny, um, like super atmospheric in a way that I liked. Um, I like this dir- this director. Okay, did, like Spencer and like, I've never uh, I haven't seen Spencer. Jackie, you see Jackie? The I did see Jackie. Natalie, Natalie Portman one. Love yeah. that one. Yeah, I like this director, so I'm like hundred percent for that. I didn't know this existed. Um, it looks super cool. Yeah, it does. And I like the black and white aesthetic fits very well. The trailer is very kind of odd, but I like it. And it's a different type of vampire story and not even like a typical vampire comedy either. It doesn't look like anyway. I could be wrong, obviously. It's not Renfield. (laughs) It is not Renfield. Um, Last trailer that we got is a Tubi original, which I it Tubi original documentary. So that's different. It's, It's a little bit better. It's called Satan Wants You. It's a satanic panic documentary um, coming this winter. It, it premiered at the South by Southwest Festival uh, where Tubi bought it. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with the satanic panic uh, phenomenon of the 1980s, um, it was ignited by the novel Michelle Remembers, which is uh, a pseudoscientific uh, novel written by Larry Pazder, psychiatrist Larry Pazder and his patient and then future wife, Michelle Smith. Um, supported by the Catholic Church, the best-selling book relied on recovered memory therapy to uncover Michelle's childhood abduction by baby-stealing Satanists. So if you've ever heard Satanic Panic, it's referring to the 80s when this book came out and they were on every talk show in the world. This this brave doctor and his even more brave patient, Michelle, um, who suddenly through regression therapy remembered all of these Satanic cults and ritual abuse that never happened, that mm-hmm. she was... that. Did, Basically, these memories were not real, and she was made to believe them through hypnosis or just chicanery. I'm not sure. Either way, um, it's a very interesting phenomenon, and it became such a cultural touchstone that like, people thought there were satanic cults everywhere. Sacrificing babies, you had to be safe. You, had to, you, had, you couldn't go out without, with your baby. You know, people were, were terrified. Uh, and we got yeah. a we got a trailer for this new documentary, which this is definitely up my alley. Um, Variety notes that using archival footage of talk shows, news reports, and in-depth reviews with those closest to the controversy, the directors break into the mystique of these reports of ritual abuse of ritual abuse and the fervor it created, according to Tubi. Uh, what did you think of the trailer, Dylan? I thought it looked super cool when I before I clicked it. I was like, "This stupidest title ever for like a horror." I thought it was just oh, right. a regular horror movie, right? Um, Satan then, wants you. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's a little too straightforward. It's, it's um, too much. Yeah, but I the documentary looked really good. Um, I think it's like a really good time for it too because I and I, I know I mean Satanic Panic's always been interesting, but I think it's like maybe gotten a little bit more interest because of Stranger Things. You know, oh, definitely, definitely more familiar. And 
it's like we have like the back QAnon stuff now you know so well, like people being scared of saying to look back yeah people being scared of satanism is making a com uh, making a comeback so you know it's good and i'll tell you if you've never read michelle remember remembers you should it's great it's, like it's a comedy a, or oh it's a tremendous read um okay. because, uh actually i don't know um i read it years ago but it's like it's it it's good like i can get why people maybe not why they were fooled but why that made them scared you know it's yeah. it paints a very scary picture but obviously very bogus um but anyway that's a mass hysteria documentary called satan wants you coming to tubi we'll keep you uh up to date on that as more comes out but anyway let's hear about all those tabletop events now it's time to give you the rundown on all of the awesome upcoming tabletop events for the month of july all exact dates and formats can be found on our discord server Kicking it off with Keyforge, we run two events a month at our Clear Lake location from 7pm till around 9. Keyforge is the perfect game for casual and hardcore card game players. We also love our role-playing games. Once a month at our Clear Lake store, we host an in-store one-shot RPG for players of all skill levels. Players don't need to bring anything. All play materials, dice, pencils, and character sheets will be provided. There is no entry fee, however we do ask that you make a purchase of any size from the gaming department on the day of the event. Seats are very limited, and sign-ups are only open for about three weeks before the event. And of course, I can't forget about Paint Club. Every month we get together and paint some tabletop RPG miniatures. These events are for painters of all skill levels, including none. These events occur at Arcady and Clear Lake locations. We'll see you at the game tables. And we are back, and we're going to do our double feature review of The Meg 2 and The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Final, well, I guess first warning, because I didn't say it at the top, we will have spoilers, um, potential spoilers for these movies. If you do care about receiving spoilers for two action-heavy and horror movies, uh, and a horror movie that's based on a novel that's over 100 years old, you know, go ahead. Um, final warning. Um, I will ruin things about I don't know about the Meg, but I will ruin bits of Demeter for you. Okay. All right. But we're going to start with the, with the Meg 2, Dylan. So let me let me ask you. So I'll tell you, I was kind of excited to see the Meg 2, but we had to sort of make the choice of seeing either either one or I, I if I had to pick between the two, I was going to see the Demeter because I thought it looked cooler and vampires are kind of my thing. Um, so had to go with that. Um, but I was also excited to see the Meg and I still might see it. I might, depending on how this goes. Because um, the first one... Oh, okay. Because the first one, I th I don't remember, but I think the first one was bad, but I enjoyed it. I don't... Or was the first one okay? I don't remember. I enjoyed the first one, and it was bad. I think you're okay. right. You were right, yeah. Okay. It was fun. I liked it a lot. So were you were you excited for seeing the Meg, too? Um, I was. I was excited for the release of the Meg, too. Um, But I did, like, admittedly think that the trailers weren't as exciting as the first one because um, well, where do you go from then, there yeah and then i saw the bad reviews and i was like oh it's a megalodon you know yeah and then we kind of like went our separate ways with these movies like i don't yeah. know my friend thought demeter looked too scary wouldn't go with me and then i had like a group of people including like michael's assistant manager that wanted to see the meg so it's just kind of like 
fate brought us to separate movies and That's I think it right. worked out because I get to tell you not to see the Meg, you know, <laughs> and I can tell you to go see Demeter um, spoilers, but so, all right. So what, what's, what's no good about it? Like what, what, what the other question what's worse would about be quicker. It? Okay. What is what's, good, about, what's good it? about it, Dylan? Nothing. Wow. There's nothing good about it. Okay. Wait, let me try Hold on. I mean, okay. Look, surely, pre- surely Jason, Jason Statham is as silly as he was in the first movie. So he is still Jason Statham. He's still doing what, exactly what you'd expect, except he's like given nothing cool to do. Mm. Like, do you remember in the trailer when he's like riding the jet ski on a wave with like a explosive spear? <laughs> and yeah. That's like the final shot. Like, I that's do. the coolest moment of the movie. And you've oh. seen all of it. Um, Michael, when I say you've seen all the cool moments, you truly have the one where the shark eats the dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. That That's the whole scene. Come on. Um, the one where it like bites that girl out of the little observation area that that's it like there's no more cool to see so all the thrills are are laid out um jason statham you know i love jason statham but he 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 returns along with cliff curtis's character i can't remember his name his friend and dj sure. who was like another one of his friends I, and then there's the, characters the girl. i don't remember the characters dude he was protecting a little girl a lot throughout I, the first one and she's I remember back that. as well her mom, who was also a main character in the in the first one, she mysteriously died off screen. Uh, um, I think so she, they didn't so want to pay for her. Yeah, yeah, they didn't want to pay for her. Um, but they're joined by Wu Jing, who is I'm assuming this is a Chinese co-production. This movie, right? So I'm the assuming first one was he's too, like, right? Yeah, so I'm assuming he's someone extremely famous. Um, and he's like kind of the co-lead with Jason Statham, right? Um, and it's like the plot is that they're. Now they like work at this research base where they study the trench, which is where like, you know, maybe there's more monster, uh, more prehistoric monsters, you know. Okay. Um, and the company that run that, like, organizes it is like, an evil mustache twirling businesswoman lady who, wants, I don't know what she wants. She's just evil, you know. She she's, wants she's animals. bad lady. Yeah, she wants everyone to die. Okay, um, understandable. And uh, so she kind of sabotages them, and then the uh, the prehistoric creatures get out, um, and let them fight. Michael, okay, let me ask you this. Yeah, I did look this up. What's an appropriate amount of time? Like I told you, the plot for what's an appropriate amount of time for you to like these creatures to get out, and for like the plot to begin? Like how long into this hour and a half movie? Fifteen minutes. And with it the, the Meg two. You need Wait, Megs. Let me, let me look up Megs out. Let me look up the runtime just to get you. Okay. It's an hour and fifty six minutes. Stop. This um, was two hours. The, the Meg two. The Megs. There's three Megs and a giant three? octopus creature. A kraken. Um, yeah. Sure. No, it's just an octopus. I don't know. Okay. Wow. They didn't call it anything. It's very. You only see the tentacles. Really, you don't really see the body. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. But they don't get out until Cheaper an hour way. and ten minutes into the movie. Shut up! Yeah, an so hour ten. Good, you got like a good forty minutes of uh monsters. over over half the movie. The rest of the movie is all like a really boring like corporate espionage. Like, oh, there's a traitor so, so, on the research. So, team. What, so they're trying to do Shin Godzilla. Because yeah, Shin Godzilla actually. is mostly about like humanity's response and corporate, you know, reaction to Godzilla and the government reaction to it. 
which is a very inter- makes Shin Godzilla very interesting because it's very well made. Uh, yeah, but this is the Meg Two. It's not that. It's not. It shouldn't be that. You know. <laughs> um. So it wow. becomes. You become if you're like familiar with, like if you follow movies, uh, <laughs> it becomes painfully aware that they're like saving money, um, because you don't like get many clear shots like visuals of the monsters and like a couple right. of the famous people aren't back and uh the research station is like one room like you only see like one room of it uh wow green screen's really bad the effects aren't as good as before like it seems Yikes. like it's like half meg half sharknado level quality you know it's not shark obviously not sharknado like uh cheap but um like i think they spent 129 million dollars on it and they spent 178 million on the first one so significantly cheaper um but yeah it's a bunch of human drama that's extremely boring um wow that's that's such a letdown because the trailer is action-packed yeah the trailer is all from the last half hour pretty much um and there's a a bummer like the big like oh someone's good someone's a traitor on the team you know it's Uh like she's in the trailer and you see how she gets eaten by a shark oh she's the one standing up against the window yeah that's her Wow. And you find out like kind of early on that she's a traitor. So I'm like, well, she's just going to get eaten out of, you know, like I've seen this, you know, like it's really an unfortunate. I mean, maybe if you're someone who doesn't consume trailers the way that we do, like watch them more than once and talk about them. And I feel like that was the funniest part of the trailer. Oh, definitely. Or the people in the paddle boat. Um, There's one kind of interesting part where they are like walking under at the base of the ocean yeah like thousands of miles down like okay it's also unfortunate that we kind of got a crash course in like pressure and like what it takes to rescue people from the bottom of the ocean recently with the whole submersible thing right so when like jason statham is free swimming at the bottom of the ocean it's like a little less believable you know they said he could do it because he was blowing air out of his nose Uh i don't know what that means (laughs) it doesn't make sense like now I know that he would be eviscerated immediately, you know, of course. from the presser. But I kind of already knew that, but it's just unfortunate that it's like front of our minds, you know, right. current events. Um, wow. But the, there's, yeah, there's a kind of an interesting scene where they're walking underwater, like to another base. Um, but like, it's really dark and you can't really see anything. And that movie underwater did it so much better. Like if you want to see a good version of this, do you remember that? It was called underwater, right? Going the with Stewart the one. Yeah. I like that yeah, movie. I, I like that movie too. It's like a way better version of this. So if you're like considering sure. it, I would go to that. Um, Interesting. But I hope it flops. I don't want to reward bad behavior. Speaking of, wait, this is a side note. Did you see Zachary Levi saying that we should stop rewarding bad movies and going to see garbage at the theater? Mr. Shazam? Shazam 2 star told us not to do that. But Mr. Shazam, I gave you all the clues. Okay, good for anyway. Uh, hmm, that's hilarious. Okay, anyway, Dylan, there's, almost, so, there's almost no redeeming qualities. I feel like it hurts the WGA strike because it. <laughs> um, would you watch it again? For a moment, I was like, maybe writers don't need to get paid. You know, but I was like, wait, no, no, that's not right. Even the Meg Two writers deserve. Uh, Even all guess, to be all paid. thirteen of them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there were a bunch of people. Um, but I don't. I would. I would close out my review, Michael, by saying that there's like it's a great time to go to the theaters right now. You know, you look right. you got 
you got Barbie, Oppenheimer, TMNT, Mission yes. Impossible, Talk to Me. There's like several movies with like 90% higher on Broadway. Like, Talk to so Me is still doing great. I almost had a news story about it. Yeah, it's doing really well. There's yeah. so many like good movies concurrently out, like really good movies. So like there's truly no excuse to go see this. Unless you're yeah, stupid for sure. like me. <laughs> or unless you just really like are curious, but I'm telling you it's not a so bad it's good movie. It's not like a just skip this it. Is so stupid it's fun. It's boring, you know. So Man. Do you have any questions? Um no. Uh <laughs> what what do you rate it? What, what would you like rate it? Oh, I wasn't prepared for that. Hold oh, on. sorry. This is um, my first time uh doing a review. Okay, that's okay. We can uh we can we can come back to yours and do ours at the end if you want. I letterboxed it. No, oh. I have it for you. I have it. I gave it a 2 stars. Wow. That's that's okay. That's not bad. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's just painfully not worth your time. I wish it was worse, you know, to sure. be more entertaining. You can't even roast it. I don't even know what to say. I respect it. There is a cool moment where Jason Statham kicks someone into the shark's mouth. <laughs> and he's like, so this long, is chum. Uh, so long, chum. He calls him chum. You that get it? Because like chum yeah. is like the shark food. But that was also in the trailer. So, oh, my God. Okay, well, all right, let's move on to the last voyage of the Demeter. Unless you have anything else you need to get out, get off your chest. No, I'm good. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I welcome moving on. Okay, the last voyage of the Demeter. I guess we should also say the Meg, by the way, is sitting at a 28% Rotten Tomatoes. Should be worse. Um, With an average score of 4.5. That's out not, of, t- that's out of 10. Right. That's very similar to your two. Yeah, it's okay. fine. Um, I'll get to Last Voyage, Rotten Tomato at the end. Um, this is a film by I am not going to be able to pronounce that name. It's Scandinavian Andre Orvidal, I'm guessing, although that O probably sounds different. Uh, but anyway, uh, director of a couple of other movies, one that I've seen before, he did direct uh, Troll Hunter, which I really like. Um, anyway, and this Scary is stories to tell in the dark. Did he do the whole thing? I guess he did. So yeah, that's cool. Okay, that's cool. I didn't see that one. Um, anyway, so he directed the Last Voyage of the Demeter, which is an adaptation of Chapter Seven of the novel Dracula, which, if you've never read Dracula, is the chapter in which Dracula goes aboard a ship sailing from Romania to England or London and kills everybody on board. Um, and they tell you that from Jump, so. What I appreciate hmm. is they don't obfuscate that Dracula is going to obliterate everybody on this on this boat, and that it's a doomed vessel. Um, what I do appreciate that you know it's not like a all oh, the people who read the novel they know everyone's going to die, but they tell you that right up at the top with a with like a little graphic or whatever you know okay. in the year whatever you know this ship set sailed and it was a doomed crew everyone none. None survived. Uh, that's actually not true. One person does survive. Um, they, oh, that's that, okay. that is that is a change from the book. Is a one person does survive. Um, so I was very much looking forward to this movie. Um, I really like vampires. Vampire the Masquerade is my favorite role playing game. I don't love just like all vampire type stuff, but classical Dracula type content. I'm I'm into. Um, and I was very much looking forward to this because. I thought it looked very thematic and very gothic. And I was very excited that they're doing a lot of practical effects for Dracula. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it looks cool. 
Yeah, because and it's a guy, it's a guy in full makeup. And there's a there's vignettes that you can go watch on YouTube that show you this guy, um, Javier Botet, Bote. I don't know, getting into the makeup looks really, really freaking cool. So the movie starts out. Uh, forgive this. There might have been a little bit of a there might be a little bit of a hiccup of an edit there. I had a technical difficulty. Movie starts out with a, a young British police officer going down and finding like the shipwrecked ruins of the Demeter. And he comes back, he's all shaken, and he's got the captain's log. And then the old grizzled cop is like, what do you got there, boy? And he's like, oh, the captain's log said they're all dead. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know how he had the time to read the captain's log, but whatever. Um, anyway, because so that is a reference to the novel, because chapter seven is, have you ever read Dracula, Dylan? No, I haven't. Okay, so it's all told sort of piecemeal as like a report. It's told from different perspectives with different types of media. And chapter seven okay. is the captain's log. So it's okay. written from the perspective of the captain. Um, and so then we flash back to the, 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 the Demeter it's docking and it needs to recruit some people to join. It's unbeknownst to them at the time doomed voyage. And it is, it does what it says on the box. It is the last voyage of the Demeter. Uh, Dracula's on board. There's a bunch of coffins that they don't know are coffins that are being transported. And it's just, Stuff starts to get weird, and Dracula shows up pretty quick, which is great. Um, unlike the Meg Two, um, I, th- I want to say about thirty minutes in, you start to see Dracula. Okay, maybe maybe before that. Well, okay, you see Dracula full on like thirty minutes in. You you'll see like, what's that over there in the shadows? You know, five uh, twenty twenty minutes into the movie. Okay, um, but either way, and what what the movie does is it it's a very effective but no like super frills. You know what I mean? Like there's not, there's not a lot of surprises you're going to get here, except it is kind of gory. Okay. I mean, for what, what you're getting, it's not like crazy gory, but it, it is pretty violent, which, which is nice. And, but you get Dracula sowing the seeds of distrust among the crew. Um, he, he'll kill one, uh, leave him and leave him to be found. No, he kills all the animals first. And everybody's like, Oh, what's going on? Oh, it must've been the dog who went rabid. Uh huh, and killed five pigs, ten chickens, and like goats, and like okay, the dog did it. Uh-huh. Or, sure, whatever you say. Um, but anyway, and then kills a person, throws them overboard. Like, hey, where'd Craig go? And on and on and on. And I think it works very well. Is it great? No, but is it a ton of fun? Yes, I really enjoyed it. I think it was super atmospheric and this is probably the best movie that uh this guy has made i haven't seen scary stories tell in the dark but i did like troll hunter and this is better than troll hunter um it's real good i i really enjoyed it do you have any questions about it Dylan? yeah um was it scary or like um was there any suspense because or no because you know no so i the suspense was the suspense comes in at the end really when Dracula is really ramping up his attacks and you just don't know how stuff is going to go down because even though you know that everyone's going to die, um, you do hold out a little bit of hope because they do give you some false hope that um, maybe, maybe people are going to escape. But what I do appreciate is that Dracula just keeps getting stronger and they really do can do nothing to stop him. Um, Everything they do to him, he shrugs off. Like they get they 
they gain no ground. They shoot him and he'll go, ah, and then turn around and he's fine. Uh, they stab him. He's fine. He gets crushed. He's fine. Uh, really, really driving home the cosmic horror that Dracula can present. The just, we are so out of our depth that we have nothing that we can do here. Um, and like I said, it does differ from the book in that um, Clem, Dr. Clemens um, survives and the movie ends with him washing ashore and going to a bar looking for Dracula. They set up a sequel, which I, I don't think they will get, obviously, that, that, since they didn't perform very well. Yeah. Um, but I I really enjoyed this movie uh, quite a bit. Were there any, like, I like a couple, of, I like Corey Hawkins, who played Clemens from uh, yeah. In the Heights and Black Klansman. And I he really like um, Baisling Friend. I don't know, the actress who plays her name's Anna, it says. She was in a mm-hmm. movie called uh, um, Nightingale that I liked a lot, too. How were they? Okay. Particularly those two. Um, those were two were or? very good. Well, th- th- so Aisling is, is like a bride of Dracula, if you will. Like, so the movie, like, Dracula gets aboard this ship because the people of the village where he lives, because he lives in the castle above this Romania village, are dumping him off uh, on... D- Dracula has sort of like have had them do his bidding and you know, they're they're transporting his coffins to be shipped over to london and unbeknownst to the crew obviously dracula's on board but also um aisling's character is inside one of the crates as well um so dracula can feed uh, on mm. the on the the voyage however due to wet weather and rough seas you know the 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 coffin opens up and the the dirt starts spilling out. Once that dirt starts spilling out, that's game over. Dracula's out. He's yeah. awake. Um. So yeah, no, she's very good. Corey Hawkins is very good. They're the two main characters, I guess. Liam Cunningham, who you would know as uh, Davos from yeah. uh, Game of Thrones, he was very good. I mean, he was playing Davos. Um, but he was very good as the. <laughs> as the police as the police officer who's retiring uh, after this one last mission because he, oh. he has this he has a speech to david dashelman about like uh oh this is i've decided this is my last voyage and i'm going to be retiring as the captain of the demeter and i'm giving you the boat and um uh, i think there's no better captain than you i'm gonna go buy a cottage in ireland and, blah, and you know all blah 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 i'm like oh yikes it's not gonna be good for well, you buddy yeah um, never make plans on a horror movie right but like it's great like the kid dies it's awesome like it, it's like it, I, I, you just don't see that in a horror movie so much. Like kids, kids getting like the kid got obliterated. Does the ship go down? N- um, no, the ship crashes um on the shore because okay. they try. Say, they, how does he like sail himself? I don't know. I was a little so so Dracula does his final attack when they're like near shore. Smart. Um, okay. So he he's wiping them out like. It's like a 30-day trip or whatever. Not a 30-day trip. Maybe like a 20-day trip. And towards the end, he he spaces them out like four or five days apart. And on that last day, there's only like five people left. And it's like, all right, time to go. And they and they are they all know it's Dracula. They they say the name Dracula. They know who it is because Ainsley's uh, Ainsley's character wakes up and tells them the plot and. <laughs> You know, like, oh, yeah, we call him Dracula. And so they don't believe it at first, but then they eventually do. But yeah, and then they have to fight him. He's got well, as he keeps eating people, 
he gets stronger and so he's got wings and like it's it's not he can't fly to land or oh he can he does that's that's probably why how we we don't know how he gets to land but he does i mean i assume he just flies he looks like i'm sure there's like other references but he looks like the vampires in um midnight mass the sure yeah flanagan show i i like that a lot i like how creepy he looks that's like he's he's very reminiscent of count orlock in uh nosferatu but okay i see that to me um it's the ears and the teeth but the final scene is really really good um are you gonna see it dylan yeah okay i'll save it then. based on this i'll see it um i'll save the final scene um but the final scene sets up a, a a sequel in a really cool way um which we won't get, but you can go read the novel and get the sequel there. Um, Cause this is, like I said, this is an adaptation of chapter seven. Um, and I will also say Guillermo del Toro uh, tweeted out. I enjoyed last voyage of the Demeter so much gorgeous, lavish and savage. Stephen King said, I was doubtful about last voyage of the Demeter, but it's a throat ripping good time. It reminded me of some of the best hammer movies of the sixties and seventies. So you do have two of horrors luminaries tweeting about it. So, but That's I guess weird. he the, never, he never endorses anything. Well, see, he he does. And normally the Stephen King vote is a vote of quality when it's not something he worked on. Yeah. Because he's turned me on to some really awesome properties, like really, really good stuff. Like uh, Raw from Netflix um, forever ago. Uh, the Passage uh, novel by Justin Cronin. Like he's Stephen King. Stephen King Rex are normally very trustworthy. Unless it's an adaptation of his work, then you just ignore it. No. But so I'm I am gonna give this on Letterboxd a three. It's a struggle between three and three five, but I I mean I really don't know if I can go higher than a three. Just the the movie doesn't take any chances. It it's it, it is very paint by numbers, but I enjoyed all the numbers. You know. Okay. Yeah. Is it quick? Yeah. It's not uh, a long movie, is it? It's, uh, it's it's almost two hours. I think I think it's very similar runtime to to yours. Yeah, it's hour fifty eight. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, but um, I'll tell you, it is hard to if you're one of those people that has to get up and pee in the middle of a movie. This is a hard one because like once Dracula shows up, it's just tension the whole rest of the movie. Um, so <laughs> go early. I would never. Yeah. Um, I'll so sit the, there in pain. The movie is sitting at a 51% Rotten Tomatoes with an average 5.7. So it's almost there. Huh. It's almost fresh at a 5.7. But what's holding it back? Um, critics like, said. You don't really say much negative about it. Like what, what could get it over into like a fresh. I, 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 don't, I don't know what's wrong with it. I mean, other, I mean, other than it is not like. It feels kind of dated, I guess. It doesn't feel very um, current. Okay. So I think the tension is done very, very well. I think the performances are good. Um, It's good to know. It's like, that's what makes me want to watch it now. It's like, I initially didn't really care because I feel like I almost feel like the trailer's not good. Um, It's just everyone, like how all these people die. Like, it doesn't seem too interesting to me. Right. I don't know. You sold me on it. I'll watch it. I think it's good. I think it's worth worth your time. I, I I would recommend it. Even... Like and I think me telling you that everyone dies, I mean they tell you in the first thirty seconds that everyone's gonna die. So that's not that's not even really the spoiler. Um, there's not much to spoil. Um, like they should have told you that one person survives. That would have been. But a you don't know more, her. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a little bit more interesting. Maybe I don't know. That's true. Maybe. 
Um, but I, re- so there's, there's two final scenes. Um, the, both of them are very good. I won't spoil them. The final scene in the water and then the final scene on land are both very good. The final scene on the water is like one of the better emotional beats of the movie. Um, best emotional beat of the movie is when, um, Liam Cunningham, he's the grandfather of the boy that gets uh, killed. He, you know, they're, they're dumping the body off to, to the water and he, he just, he does so well in that scene and you feel his pain. He's really, really good in this movie. Um, but that's all I got. Um, any other questions about it, Dylan? No, I would just say like, I did see a bunch of people coming out of this movie, a pre-screening. Uh-huh. I went to the red, white and Royal blue pre-screening and there was like a simultaneous pre-screening of this and they all seemed pretty happy with it. And we're like, I, Oh, it was so good. So I really I enjoyed know. it. Yeah. It's not going to blow anyone's doors off. You know what I mean? But maybe at it. home watch or theater. I think it's fine at home. I I think it's fine at home. That's um right. yeah, I think I think you're all right. I think you'll wait. Cuz I mean, we got Blue Sweet. Beetle this week, so. But anyway, that's going to do it this week for us. Thank you all so much for downloading us. We really appreciate all the support. Bye everyone. This is Dylan and I'm Michael. We'll see you next time. Thanks for sticking around for the mid credits. We can tell you've been trained well. If you want to help us out, please go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It'll really help new people find the show, and it will help us to get Rotten Tomatoes verified so we can start affecting those rankings. Then, check out our socials. We're BRC Uncanny on Twitter, Uncanny Universe on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you online.